Welcome to the Basketball Index Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor, and today we are talking contracts. We are talking the 10 worst contracts in the NBA. So, just came out, Jalen Brown signed a gigantic five-year deal, like $300 million. I think he's the highest paid player ever. I think that was the headline. But uh, this has been something that uh, people have been talking about for a little while, He's been on the trade block. They're, you know, they're talking about his impending free agency. So he signs the huge extension. And this got me thinking, what are the 10 worst contracts in the league? And it can be a little tricky to figure that out because we have a couple different factors, right? We have age, how old the player is, what the uh, end of the deal will look like, how many years are left on the deal, right? Whether it's two, whether it's five, whatever it is. Or we can also look at the average salary in millions. Because I think that's the easiest. So basically, the way contracts work is you don't actually get paid the same amount of money every year. Most of the time, it slowly increases and gets larger towards the back end of the deal. Every once in a while, that is not the case. It actually can sometimes get smaller. But those are the criteria I was looking at for determining what I think the worst deals are. So the salary cap is super important in the NBA. So these giant deals can make it very hard to compete. That That's the, the limiting factor, right? Where you're like, well, I would like my team to sign all of the players to as big of a contract. Whatever, it's not my money, basically. Well, it's true. There are like basically a luxury tax once you get too high. When you're going stage, it just doesn't matter. You just keep paying it. But for other teams, because the business side of the, uh, of the business, it limits what teams want to go out and do. And I think we've all been watching a team where it's just like, well, this team's like not that good and they're not that bad, but we just need to wait a year or two for some bad contracts to come off the books before the team goes out in free agency or tries to be competitive again or makes a trade or whatever it may be. So I've definitely experienced that <laughs> as a viewer. So I wanted to talk about the 10 worst contracts in the league. We're going to start at number 10, Jordan Poole. He is 24 years old. This is what their age season is going to be going into next year. Jordan Poole, it's going to be his age 24 season. There is four years left on his deal, and he is making, on average, $32 million a year. So basically what happens is after your third year, you're eligible for an extension. And just it's like roughly around four years, 30 million. It's like a little bit more than that, I think it can be, but that's like roughly what it is right now. And that's a number that's going to change in like the the next few years as the cap changes, it probably goes up, but that is kind of what we're working at for the rookie extension length. So there's other players that are similar, like Tyler Hero's making a very similar amount of money. And it's like, is Tyler Hero's contract great? I, I don't think so. But is he a top 10 worst contract in the league? No, I, I also don't think that. Like, if we were to do maybe a top 25 worst contracts in the league, yeah. But also, it starts to get kind of difficult. Like, there's there's some really bad money in the league, right? And then after that, it, like, gets kind of murky. So, number 10 is Jordan Poole. And Poole's an interesting guy because he played really well on a high-end team and won a championship, right? Because that's ultimately what we're looking for. And then, interestingly enough, obviously he gets punched at the beginning of the season. He averaged 20 points a game this year. And again, like, that's not, this podcast is not how many points you average a game the podcast. But there is, like, some inherent value. Like, got to the free throw line some, like, was pretty decent on two-pointers. The three-point shot really disappeared this year. That was really the problem. But I actually kind of like that the Wizards went out and got Jordan Poole. 
and traded for him in the Chris Paul trade. He was a hair under league average efficiency for scoring. So basically, Jordan Poole is a pretty bad defensive player. Like even in the playoff run, especially in the finals, he couldn't play that much because he was just so bad on defense. But the scoring is legit. The offense is real. There's some playmaking. So like there is some upside to him. Being locked in at four years, 32 million, when it seems like his confidence is not really where it needs to be. That's not great. He started out really slow this year. He was better in the second half, but this is a lot of money tied up in a player that it's hard, right? It's hard when you're a one-way player because you got to be so good at what you're doing, especially when you're a scorer. It's like, okay, scores are important, right? You you need guy. You, know, you got to get to like 110 points in a game, but it's hard when a guy doesn't play any defense. That's not going to get any better. Like just if you watched him play, that's that's not going to improve. There is some playmaking. There's not a ton of playmaking. He, I mean, I know we make fun of Jalen Brown's handle, but oh man, Jordan Poole, well, I know he gets called for a lot of carries and and travels, or like I don't even know what he's doing a lot of the time, but like, oh man, he's really pushing the line on what you can do with the ball and like have it be considered like still dribbling. So he was in a good spot in Golden State. I think last year you saw they asked more of him and it was difficult. And then obviously there was there was a lot of drama, obviously, and that that always drags players down. But I have Jordan Poole at 10. I think I probably should have hit on the the uh, almost made it. The the guys I was considering on the list, I probably normally start with that. But uh, so 10 was Poole. Some some contracts I considered but didn't end up putting on this list. Fred Van Fleet, he obviously got a huge payday this offseason, which was kind of crazy. He's 29. And it's a three-year deal, but there's a club option on that last deal. So, like, this deal's a little different. So, you have to understand the Rockets, basically, their situation. Because there's a cap floor in the NBA, right? I think they just raised it, too, in the new CBA, where you have to get over a certain, like, floor of salary. Baseball doesn't have this. So, when a baseball team rebuilds, it's just a bunch of random guys making no money, like the Oakland A's. But it doesn't work like that in basketball because of the way, like, the the revenue split between the owners and the players work. So Fred Van Vliet is making, essentially it's a two-year deal, and he's making about $43 million on average, which is crazy, really, really high number. But I think he's a top 50 player in the league, so he is a pretty good player. And part of the reason they gave him all that money was to get over the cap floor because they're, I don't know, what are they, they're two years into, where they're going to be three years into a rebuild. So they don't really have, the they, they, they don't have money to spend on their young players yet right they're still on their rookie deals so you're gonna get one year fred van vliet this year where it's like well we'll see how it goes if it goes really great great if it doesn't you're like oh that was a lot of money to spend on him and then there's the second year and there's virtually no way he sees the third year in the club option like i would be i would bet i'd bet a whole bitcoin on it i don't know (laughs) i'd bet a lot on it that there's no chance he sees the third year so that that changes how i view the contract it was still in contention i'm like this is a top 10 like bad deal in the league Eh, maybe (laughs) after that cj mccollum he's 32 there's three years left on his deal he's making about 33 million and cj is a player i've always liked i think again he is kind of similar to jordan Poole in the regards of like he is a score first player not a lot of playmaking, not a very good defender. He is a very good three-point shooter. That helps his value. But like it's these six men making over $30 million a year. It's like, well, this is like hard to make this work financially and like also win. You could put, I mean, you could have put Tyler Hero on this list, but Tyler Hero, I guess, is younger, right? Than CG. CJ's 32. Tyler Hero is very young, where it's like he still could get better. 
but uh, that that's another guy I considered on this uh, on this list again. Thirty two years old, three years left on his deal, and make him thirty three mil. He, it's not a great situation with him on the Pelicans because he's basically their point guard, and that's not what he is. Like he's a scoring player, but they traded for him, and you're on the team you're on. After that, Duncan Robinson, he is twenty nine. He's got three years left on his deal. He's making eighteen mil. Again, it's not crazy money, but for some reason Miami gave him a five year deal a few years ago, and he was a unbelievable three-point shooter that sort of fell off but then kind of came back and there was some production in the playoffs but it's just hard three years at 18 million a year for a player that's obviously close to 30 he's not going to get better he's just going to get worse or actually he might not get he actually he, he might shoot better he might perform a little better but i'm saying like there's no more big jumps in his game after that davis Bertans, and again just like another big shooter he's 31 two years, 16 mil a year. That deal was not a very good deal handed out. The Wizards handed out not a lot of good deals in the last few years. He's been traded around. He was on Dallas. He just got traded again. I think he might be on the Thunder now, but that's, a again, like a player. It's hard to pay players that can't play any defense. Like, that's hard. Again, he's a really good three-point shooter, but he's a really big player. He might be like 6'10 or something, and he has like no mobility. So it's hard to play him in meaningful situations. So those are the four guys I kind of thought about putting on the list, but didn't make it. They're runner-ups for bad contracts, where it's Fred Van Vliet, CJ McCollum, Duncan Robinson, and Davis Breton. So back to the list. Jordan Poole was at 10, 9, John Collins. So John Collins is going to be 26. There's three years left on his deal, and he's making 25 mil a year. So again, I, I talked about the scale, right? 40 plus mil, it's like you're looking for an all-NBA player. 30 plus mil, you're hoping for like an all-star. Uh, 20 plus mil, you're hoping for like a really good starter, a high-end role player. Uh, anything over 10, you're like, I'm paying for a, a legit NBA player. And then anything under 10 million, it's like, who cares? Even if they're bad or good, they're making like no money. So uh, John Collins making 25 million. So you want him to be like a pretty good like starter type player. And he's been one of those guys where like, it's been confusing because he's been on the Hawks. He basically just got traded for nothing to the jazz. They were just, the jazz took on his contract where that's never a great sign for your contract. We saw that with two deals this offseason. Bradley Beal, he's higher up on the list. We'll talk about him later, but John Collins, again, 26 years old. He's an interesting guy, super athlete. He's like a four that can stretch it. Didn't shoot it well last year, but uh, years prior has been pretty good from three. And, He's one of those guys, I, like he's a tweener, right? They, they used to use this term a lot in football where it's like, I don't know what he is. I don't know where you put him. Maybe you can figure it out, but it's hard when you have a guy that's, it's not really clear what he does or what he's good at. And you're paying him $25 million for the next three years. So John Collins is nine, uh, worst contract in the league. After that, number eight, RJ Barrett. I don't think people are going to like this. I would imagine if I get some comments that are not particularly kind to me, it might be about this player on the list. So RJ Barrett, Really high pick. He's only going to be 23 years old, but he's got, he just basically signed like kind of that rookie, that rookie type big deal, right? It's four years. It's a little bit less for him. It's four years, 27 million. And my issue with RJ Barrett is the, the way it works is you're on your rookie deal for four years, right? And then after the third year, you're eligible for an extension. And a lot of the times, if you have a really promising player, you give it to him. Or, you know, you want to keep people happy, you give it to him, uh, you know, I, I get it, right? They're, they're people, there's personalities. We've seen that keeping people happy and keeping people, it's like any job, if you have someone work for you, it's pretty nice if they're happy. So they gave him an extension. And I think there's some projection, right, in his, in his extension where he's only 23, right? He's probably going to continue to get better as a player. 
But with RJ, it's like I am not really seeing it. So looking at his LeBron data, it is okay. It's not. I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with the, the best way I can explain this. So for his total LeBron, he's been a below average player every season. That's not great. Defensively, he's been very bad. He's been uh, FDFF in LeBron. That's not good. On offense, he's been about a league average player where that is okay, especially for a young guy, right? Like it, like he's 22. He's offering you league average offense. He can score some. Problem with him is like he's not really a passer, and that hurts. Like there, sometimes it's like the tunnel vision where it's like he's going to the hoop and he's shooting it. It's like, well, defense probably going to be able to handle that if they are aware you're not going to pass the ball. So uh, offensive roles, he's been a secondary ball handler the last two years, which I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And then defensively, he's been mostly on ball. He's been a wing stopper for two years, point of attack last year. So those those roles are similar. Those are two on-ball defending roles. Wing stopper, obviously, you're guarding a little bit bigger of a player. But RJ, it's one of those things where it's like, sure, could you look back at this list in two or three years and be like, oh, Taylor was dead wrong. It turned out that contract was great because RJ Barrett took some some giant leaps and became a really good, good player. Yeah, it's possible. But in terms of just giving a really large extension to a player, again, he got four years, about 27 mil. It's like giving a really large extension to a player that like hasn't shown you a ton. I don't I don't know where let me pull up his. I know he's, he's, he can score, right? There's been like an unamount of points he's been scoring where it's like he averaged almost 20, right? I just said that with Jordan Poole, I guess, as a positive. But I, that is good, right? Being able to score on volume. Like he's a legit NBA guy, right? Like you watch RJ Barrett play and it's not like, will he be in the league next year? That's not the question. But it's like, all right, about 20 points a game in the last two years on – not very good efficiency, like pretty darn bad efficiency. He was 9% worse than league average this year, 10% the year before that, where it's like he's 10% worse league average efficiency for his career. Like if you're 10% better, you're going in the Hall of Fame. If you're 10% worse, it's like eh, maybe you got to stop shooting the rock. But then it goes back to, well, what is he going to offer you? Because like he doesn't really play make. He over his career, he's 34% from three. That's not good. His three-point shooting talent, which takes into account difficulty, was really low this year. He shot 31% from three. Like, that's that's not good. So, I this contract is looking bad. This contract is looking like something you don't want to have. Again, in the playoffs this year, average 19 points a game, which is is good. But again, basically no playmaking, and the efficiency was, was really, really low. I'm trying to – a silver lining, he gets to the free throw line some. He's not a very good free throw shooter. He's 70%, which like you start getting into the 60s. It's kind of rough if you're not a big. So that those are not great. He did have one year he shot 40% from three. It was his second year. I think that was pretty exciting. But then every other year, other than that, it's like it's it's been bad. So I'm not, I don't get RJ Bear. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. So he was the eighth worst contract. So recapping, we had Pool at 10, John Collins at nine, RJ Barrett at eight, and then now we have Dylan Brooks at seven. Somehow, Dylan Brooks, oh, hold on. Oh, so let me start with the positive. So Dylan Brooks has been in the media a lot, right? Like you start talking on a playoff series and you don't back it up, things tend to not go great for you in the media, right? So it's like, all right, you kind of invited that on yourself. 
But what is Dylan Brooks? He is a really good wing defender. Like he is a very, very good defensive player. This year, he was one of the best. Uh, basically, every every year of his career, he was a wing stopper for the first few years and then point of attack. So he can guard smaller guys. That, that is a valuable trait in a, a bigger wing, wing defender. He can basically guard anyone on the perimeter because of his size. He was really, really good defensively this year. But offensively throughout his career, like it's the you can't stay on the court in the playoffs level of offense. It's the just let him shoot it offense where it's like just sign Matisse Thibel, right? If you want a slightly more chaotic version that's been historically better on paper on defense, it's like just sign Matisse Thibel to a, a bigger restricted free agent contract or whatever it is. But you got Dylan Brooks going to the Rockets where I guess part of this I want to say is like, oh, you know, they got hit the floor, but it's a four-year deal at $22 million a year. So Dylan Brooks is 28. It's a four-year deal. He's making $22 million a year, which, again, is like solid starter money. It's like you, you, you're expecting something out of a player making more than $20 million a year. If that player goes to the bench and isn't playing a lot, that really hurts you. So Dylan Brooks, again, he's going to be 28. He's not young. He's in his prime, I guess. But offensively, I don't, I, it's bad. It's very, very bad. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me pull up. So if you've listened to one of the previous podcasts, we have uh, something, me and uh, my partner, Filipos Polizos, <laughs> my friend from Greece, we made, uh, we co-created the stat and it was basically trying to look at the best scoring seasons historically, right? So it looked at your scoring volume and it looked at your scoring efficiency and then it compared that to the average players of the season that you're playing in right so it's like okay compared to guys in 2023 how good are you as a scorer where like Embiid was the top guy this year and then what's good about the stat is you can compare to all different guys from all different eras where it's like because you're taking like the top 25 average and you're looking at efficiency relative to the league you can compare Michael Jordan to Steph Curry or whatever you want to do so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to look at where Dylan Brooks ranked in our adjusted big time score. Actually, he might not have qualified. He probably didn't average enough points. Well, I stalled that entire time. And then I was like, oh, he didn't average enough points because you have to average a bunch of points to qualify in this thing. Point of that like long tangent is Dylan Brooks is really inefficient, like really, really inefficient, like to the point where it's like we saw it in the playoffs. Is Do you need to sit this player down? That's, I mean, this year he was shooting 33% from three. The year before that, 31% from three, where the crazy thing is, it's like, normally you're like, uh, he shot 24% in the playoffs from three this year against the Lakers, where it was like, ooh, that's rough, where I, I you, you, it's, it's difficult to stay on the floor. He was 15% worse than league average shooting this year. Well, as I'm like, like you're, that's approaching, like you're not like, I've never seen it. So I know these scales sometimes where you're like, well, I don't really know how the scale works. I've never seen somebody like 20% worse than league average. Like you're just not in the league. They don't let you play. He's at 15% last year. He's 10% worse than league average for his career. And he's 28. Uh, a good, 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 good perimeter defender, but paying $22 million for a guy that can't throw in the ocean, I do not understand that. Uh, let's move on because that was number seven, Dylan Brooks, worst contract in the league, seven. After that, DeAndre Ayton is sixth. So DeAndre Ayton is, again, 
We know about him. He was a really high pick. He's only 25 years old. He's got basically he got that like big rookie extension thing, right? Where it's like he's got three years left on it at 33 million. He played one year of it already. And Aiden is a guy where if you just go to his basketball reference page, which I'm literally doing right now, um, it's it's impressive, right? There's a lot of points. He averaged 18 points last year a game. Good. Uh, you look at the efficiency. His efficiency is is really strong throughout his career, even for a big. And there's a lot to like there offensively. He's a really good play finisher. He's a very versatile play finisher. He can. He has like a lot of like hooks and like kind of push shots. He can spot up at the elbow, like anywhere you give him the ball inside the three point line, he can just catch it and put it in, like flip it towards the basket and it will go in at a high rate. That's a really valuable player. I think he was really helped by playing with Chris Paul. We're like, Chris Paul's probably the best pick and roll player ever. We're like, at this point, is he even very good anymore? Chris Paul? No, but is he still good? Or, like, can he still eke out efficiency and scoring and like just push his team forward in the pick and roll? Yes. So I'm interested to see Aiton on the big contract where there isn't a ton of ball handling on that Suns team. There's a ton of offense, but not a ton of ball handling where I'm interested to see how that goes. It seemed like things were really not going well. This isn't really a podcast where we talk about off the court or locker room things, but uh, there was like a really famous clip in the playoffs where he's just standing on the baseline like out of bounds watching someone like over and over and get an offensive rebound instead of like going up and getting it. It's like... It's not great. That's not great. So he is a pretty good offensive player. He's a pretty bad defensive center. He doesn't really impact the game at all. And it's, again, really, really hard to – you're going to see there's another big on this list. If you're specifically a center – so me and Krishna have talked about this on the podcast. When you're a defensive player, basically the bigger you are, the more important you are. Like whatever, one, two, three, four, five. If you're the four or the five on defense, your job is way more important because you impact so many more plays. So with Aiton – I just don't really see how I just don't really see how you build a I guess their defense like was pretty good when they went to the when they went to the finals a few years ago but they had some nice defensive pieces around him and they were just playing really well as a team like that was not DeAndre Aiden powering that defense that was a really well organized defense making up for the fact that their center was not super impactful there. So that eight in contract, I would not love to have. Also, it's just three at 33 million. That's a, that's a big chunk of change. After that, Rudy Gobert, the fifth worst contract in the league. He is 31. He has three years left on his deal, and he is making 41 million on average throughout this deal. So he's a guy where like he's a top 50 player in my mind. Gobert is a fantastic defender, but he's in his 30s, right? He's 31. A lot of miles on those legs goes over, you know, gets traded from the jazz and there a lot of like growing pains with the wolves trying to figure everything out. And he, he wasn't like, he wasn't a bad player this year, but it just wasn't. I talked about it before, right? If you're making over 40 million a year, you need to be offering like potentially all NBA impact. And he just simply wasn't like in years past. Yeah, he's provided a lot of defensive impact. And whether you argue about the postseason or whatever, I actually think it's not that crazy for him to be good in the postseason. Like I, I'm, I'm, I think that can happen. But last year it was just like solid impact, right? And you know, he gives you gives you rebounding. The, the, the Wolves were a bad rebounding team even with him. He gives you rebounding, gives you rim protection. 
Like things that, like we have some stats, like his rim deterrence was still really good, right? People didn't want to go shoot against him, but just wasn't impacting the game in the same way. And, you know, part of that is they were trying to figure something out with Cat and then Cat got hurt. And it was just, it just didn't go particularly, things didn't bounce their way last year. But when you're making 41 million on average and you got three more years left and like you don't have a ton of offensive game, like there's, you know, there's 14 points there to be had on good efficiency on like play finishing. But other than that, you need him to like really, really dominate the game on defense at like a historic level to make that type of money worth it. And like, I think probably his best years are behind him. And now that he's on a different team where like the jazz where the jazz were like, everything was built to maximize him. And it didn't feel like the wolves were like that. Maybe in year two, it's a little better, but that deal is, it's just a lot of money for a defensive oriented player. Uh, number four, so Gobert was five. Uh, at four, Bradley Beal. So Bradley Beal is another guy you saw get traded. So he's 30. There's four years left on his deal. And he's making, on average, $50 million a year. Like, there's just not that many guys making $50 million a year in the league. I think he's going to be like, I think he's going to be the fourth highest paid player in the league next year. So <laughs> it's difficult to live up to that salary where... I don't know how they're going to, it helps he's on the Suns, right? Because on the Wizards, it was like, well, this doesn't really make any sense. But you saw when he got traded, he basically got traded for nothing, right? Where it was like a really old expiring Chris Paul deal, right? And he's going to be partnered with Durant and Booker, which is good. Those are three pretty good players. He's going to be the third best player there. But again, four years at $50 million a year, I know everyone's like, oh, the salary cap's going up. Just give everybody a deal. Don't worry about it. That's what everybody was saying last year. And all of a sudden, the new CBA, and there's the second apron, and all of a sudden, in free agency, you're not seeing guys make the same money, and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, well, hold on a second. I don't know if, like, just given the deals that were coming out last year were crazy. And Bradley Beal, while is a pretty good player, again, I have him as, like, a top 40 player. And he is good offensively, yes. Defensively, not so much. But again, it's not as big of a problem when you're a shooting guard. It's not good. But the offense is, is legit. He can score off ball. I think the Suns are going to be interesting. But four years at $50 million, uh, for a 30-year-old guy that's like never been amazing, uh, it's not a great deal. Uh, after that, number three, Cat. So this has become a very anti-Cat podcast. I did not anticipate that happening. But after watching a lot of tape on him, specifically on defense, here's the thing. Cat on offense, we all know, amazing. Cat on defense, he was so bad on defense, they were like, we just have to trade for another center. And it's like, wait, isn't this guy a center? It's like, kind of. So Cat is going to be 28, and he is about to have a super max deal kick in five years, averaging $59 million a year. Like, you're getting to the point where, like, you're paying double what DeAndre Aiden's making almost, right? Like, you're paying more than double of RJ Barrett, where it's like, holy crap. There are bad deals, and then there are deals where it's like, I have no idea how you even, like, construct a roster around him where you're going to be competitive. Because the way that the current Timberwolves work is Ant's extension hasn't kicked in yet, right? Ant has, he's, he's still making, he's on his rookie deal still. He hasn't gotten that huge bump in pay. So Gobert's making a ton of money. You're seeing Cat make a ton of money. And basically nobody else on the roster is making crazy. I think Mike Conley's making like 20 something million, but that expires after this next season. I don't know what they're going to do because they have so much money tied up in Cat and Gobert. They're not very good contracts. Again, so Cat 
otherworldly offensive player. He missed a lot of last year with a calf injury, but prior to that, he's been like 25 points a game, amazing efficiency. For his career, he's 11% better than league average scoring. That's very, very, very good. It's the opposite of what the guys we were talking about at the bottom of the list, right? Where his offense is nuts, but and also he can shoot the three on volume at really high efficiency, and that's very valuable, but uh, he's very bad defensively. I think moving him to the four, I think probably was a good move. We saw early in the season, there was definitely a lot of growing pains and then he got injured. We didn't really get to see like that. That's going to take a long time to figure out, right? That's not something you figure out in 15 games. That's why like, that's the type of thing where a whole regular season and you follow a team, that's the type of storyline that unfolds and there's ups and downs. And then if you can get things to click in as you're pushing towards the playoffs, you know, that all starts to come together. But that didn't happen, and I don't know, man. I don't know. This cat contract, five years at $59 million on average. He's 28. You're not getting into the crazy, like, he's not going to be, like, in his 40s or whatever. But for a player this bad on defense, I don't know how you play him 35 minutes a night in the playoffs and compete. It helps. Maybe at the four, at the five, at the five right? At the five, I'm like, it's just not – you're – it's it's not going to you'd have to have like three all NBA defensive guys around him in order to get to later rounds. And it helps to have Gobert. It helps at the four. If he can figure that out and he can just give you like some defense where it's like he's not going to be a plus, but just not a huge negative. So cat, that's the third worst deal in the league. Number two, Jalen Brown. So fresh off this extension news. This is what made me want to do the episode. So Jalen Brown's 27 and he signs a five-year deal on average, $61 million a year. I, I think they announced it's the highest uh, amount of money any NBA player's ever gotten. And Jalen Brown is a pretty good player. I have him as a top 40 player. I think I, I've moved him down my list after this playoffs. He struggled, obviously, um, with some some costly turnovers and some big games where Jalen Brown's a pretty good player. I just did a deep dive on him on our Twitter account, the, uh, the B-Ball Index Twitter account, where you know talked about He's like a solid defender. He is a really good attacking closeout guy. Good getting to the basket, improved mid-range game. The three-point game's kind of fallen off. The playmaking is like there's a little bit because of the scoring gravity, but it's not, he's not a playmaker. There's just some amount of of extra passing because of his gravity. Where like he's not a bad player. He's a top 40 player, but he's getting buku bucks. Like he's getting crazy money where I know the Celtics are really good right now and they have a really great core, but all of a sudden, you know, Porzingis, is he going to stay? Al Horford's going to age out here. You traded Marcus Smart. We're like this Celtics team, you're going to struggle to keep them together for the next few years. I know they've been together for a long time, but Jalen Brown, again, pretty good player getting paid like the best player. That's going to make the, I mean, they got a pretty good GM there in Boston, but Man, things are about to get real tricky. I don't know how you would trade this contract. I don't know why anyone would trade for it. Where like, even if a team was like, you just absorb this contract, like a Bradley Beal type situation, it'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. This is five years. I mean, I guess the Beal trades, it's four. So Beal's four at 50 million and Jalen Brown's five at 61 million. Where it's like, that cap better jump a lot. Well, here's the thing, right? If the cap jumps some astronomical amount, maybe Boston looks like a genius. I don't know. That probably won't happen, but maybe it could. Uh, that was number two. And then number one, Ben Simmons, worst contract in the league. Probably he's 27. Got Only got two years left on the deal, but he's making $35 million And 
he had back surgery. He seems like he's having a tough time. I know we got shut down this year. Like the defense, he's defensively still a pretty good player. Actually, no, he's defensively a good player, but offensively, um, it's not good. Like he doesn't want to shoot the ball. So that's that's not great. I don't really have more to say. I think we all can kind of agree that that, that contract's not looking so hot. So recapping, Jordan Poole at 10, John Collins at 9, RJ Barrett at 8, Dylan Brooks at 7, DeAndre Ayton at 6, Gobert at 5, Beal at 4, Cat at 3, Jalen Brown at 2, and Ben Simmons at 1. That is the 10 worst contracts in the NBA. I probably should have said this at the top of the podcast. There's no rookie deals because that doesn't make sense to look at because they don't matter. There's not enough money. <laughs> um for age-wise, Gobert and Beal were the only players in their 30s, which oftentimes, like when I do, when I do this in like two more years, right, and then next offseason or two, there's going to be some some bad deals where someone's like 34 and there's like two years left. But uh, right now, they don't look as bad because you're still getting some of those prime years. But like that Jimmy Butler deal, who knows? Actually, maybe I don't know. Maybe my hot take is that Jimmy Butler deal will actually age really, really well because he's just a good player, but potentially something like that or you know the draymond deal at the end where it's like well it's a lot of money for someone that's not very good anymore <laughs> um but yeah that's the top 10 contracts or worst contracts in the league uh, i'll be putting out the notes like i always do so you, you can see it it's a, a little bit easier to uh kind of digest but if you want to talk contracts at taylor metrics on twitter or x at x i don't know what the website's called now um yeah hit me up if you want to talk basketball well that'll do it for this episode and we'll see you on the next one of the basketball index podcast <laughs>